Turn with me to uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 15. John 15, starting verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. 你们要常在我里面,我也常在你们里面,枝子若不常在葡萄树上,自己就不能结果子。I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them in the fire, and they are burned. Verse 9, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now let's turn to um, our theme verse in Philipp- one of our theme verses in Philippians chapter 3 not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. And now let's turn with me to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 9. This is a story we don't, or an event we don't talk about very much. In Judges chapter 9. Verse 19. Then Abimelech, that's Gideon's son, Abimelech, the son of Jeroboam, also known as Gideon, went to Shechem to his mother's brothers and spoke with them and with all the family of the house of his mother's father, saying, Please speak in the hearing of all the men of Shechem, which is better for you, that all the seventy sons of Jerabal rule reign over you, or the one that one reign over you. Remember that I am your own flesh and bone. Yelu Bali the Yabimila 
他的重母就便将这一切话为他说给世间人听世间人的心就归向亚比米勒他们说他原是我们的弟兄 So they gave him 70 shekels of silver for the temple of Baal Bareth with, with which Abimelech hired worthless and reckless men and they followed him 就从巴利比利土的庙中取了七十舍克的银子给亚比米勒亚比米勒用以雇了些匪徒跟随他。And they went to his father's house at Ophrah and killed his brothers, the seventy sons of Jeroboam, on one stone. But Jatham, the youngest son of Jeroboam, was left because he hid himself. 他往俄佛拉到他父亲的家。将他弟兄耶路巴利的众子七十人都杀在一块磐石上，只剩下耶路巴利的小儿子约坦，因为他躲藏了。And all the men of Shechem gathered together, all at Bel Milo, and they went and made Abimelech king beside the Tebarinth, uh, Terebinth tree at the pillar that was in Shechem.世间人和米罗人都一同聚集，往世间橡树旁的柱子那里。so that's the story, but pay attention now to this part. Jatham had escaped. Now when they told Jatham, he went and stood on top of Mount Gerizim and lifted his voice and cried out and he said to them, Listen to me, you men of Shechem, that God may listen to you. 他就去站在基利星山顶上，向众人大声喊叫说：“世间人啊，你们要听我的话，神也就听你们的话。”The trees once went forth to anoint a king over them, and they said to the olive tree, "Reign over us." But the olive tree said to them, "Shall I cease giving my oil with which they honor God and men, and go to go have sway over trees?" 有一时，树木要高，一树为王，管理他们。就去对橄榄树说，请你做我们的王。橄榄树回答说：“我岂肯止住供奉神明和尊重人的油，飘摇在众树之上呢？” says, "Then the tree said to the fig tree, 'You come and reign over us.' But the fig tree said, 'Should I cease my sweetness and my good fruit and go sway over trees?'树木对无花果树说：“请你来做我们的王。”无花果树回答说。then the tree said to the vine, You come and reign over us. But the vine said to them, This is a grapevine, Should I cease my new wine, which cheers both God and men, and go to sway over trees? Then all the trees said to the bramble, You come and reign over us. And the bramble said to the trees, If in truth you anoint me as king over you, then come and take shelter in my shade. But if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. 
Let's pray before we dive in. Lord, we thank you for this privilege we have of opening your word together. We thank you for your Holy Spirit's presence with us to bring your word to life. And especially, Lord, in our hearts and minds, that you would soften us, that we can hear what you want to say to us. That you would have your way in each one of us and also in our midst together. As we meditate and consider what it means to lay hold of that for which we've been laid hold of, may we see uh, you more clearly. So we commit this time to you, Lord Jesus. In your name. Amen. Amen. So our one of our theme verses is, is from Philippians 3.12. And Paul says, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. So this latter part of this verse speaks of purpose. Christ is saying, I have something for you to do. Or I have something for you to be and to fulfill. In casual language, say, I have a part for you to play. So we're talking today about purpose. And then us responding and seizing that. Uh, for contrast, consider what it's like not to have purpose in our life. Actually, I was thinking of purpose, this very clear illustration came to mind. Recently, I was in the city and I saw a seeing eye dog. Guiding his owner through the city streets. What a beautiful picture of purpose. Compare that to a selfish, dumb dog that just yaps all the time and doesn't do anything for you. I hope you don't have a dog like that. We had one neighbor behind us like that. Just barked all the time. And then we heard the dog wasn't even good with the kids. That, wouldn't, that dog wouldn't last around me. I'm not sentimental about those kind of dogs. They have a purpose for being, and that one wasn't fulfilling anything. But the seeing eye dog in the middle of the city with all these distractions, and people want to talk to it or whatever, and it's totally focused on being the eyes of its master, that is purpose. 
他在有这么多旁边的声音的当中，他能够完全知道他的目的，他带他的主人走。And Friday, I'm in the elevator coming down downtown at the, my client's building in the elevator on the way out. 然后礼拜五的时候，我在下电梯的时候，啊，我从我的。All these offices I go to are full of twenty-somethings. That is. Young people in their their twenties and early thirties. Ah, these many offices in the office are all young people, about twenty or thirty. Here's here's what I hear in the elevator. I'm in the elevator. I hear two guys. There are two guys. Oh, your girlfriend's away, right? Oh, your girlfriend's not here. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Oh, I think I'll go to the bar. Then the other guy says, "I want to go to the bar." I walked out of that building. I thought, how sad is that? I'm surrounded by twenty-something-year-olds who are in the prime of their physical life, and all they're doing is entertaining themselves. Oh, let's go to the bar tonight. I hope you agree. It's sad. That's lack of purpose. If you had anything more important to do, you wouldn't just go to the bar because you have nothing else to do. Anyway, those are examples. Without God, we don't have purpose. When I remember my youth, before I knew the Lord, I had high ideals. But I really, underneath it all, didn't have clear purpose in my life. I hope there was a reason for me to be existing, but I wasn't sure. And sometimes you'd say, "Well, I don't really know if any of this means anything." So the only thing I should do is just try to have as much fun as I can and live as long as I can. Now, we can all see that as sad, but all around us are millions and millions of people. That's really their only purpose in life. We may think that is sad, but actually, without the Lord, we're the same way. But when we know the Lord, then He gives us purpose. I remember I came to the Lord as a 20-year-old, so I do remember some very distinct changes. He doesn't just give us purpose, like here's a little purpose. He immerses us in purpose. I remember thinking a few months after I was saved that time was different. Because before it didn't really matter what was going to happen, because it was all a big question mark. And now, as a Christian, all of a sudden, every day matters. Every day matters. Because it's another day with the Lord. It's another day to learn something from Him. Or of Him. Or do something for Him. Or watch Him do something. And 
it's all eternally important. It's not just poof, it goes away. It has eternal value. I may not know what it is, but something to do with treasure in heaven or something to do with praise being brought to Christ, but I know there's something there and there's purpose in every every day of our lives. 我我也許不是那麼清楚,可是我相信也許是在天上有那個財寶,可是在你們每一天都有那個意義。Thank the Lord, we're so blessed.我們感謝主,我們真是蒙。And of course it's no surprise God gives us purpose. If we go back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 1,我們其實並不是那麼驚奇,好像神給我們目的,我們如果回到 Verse 27, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female he created him. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. 神就照着他的自己的形象造人,乃是照着他的形象造男造女,神就赐福给他们,又对他们说,要生养众多,遍满,地面治理这地。so are God's very first words to mankind are purpose. Here you have a purpose. Go ahead. Fulfill your purpose. So And it's not just that God said, Oh, what do I do with these guys? I'll I'll give them something to do. Look at verse twenty-six. Then God said, Let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish, over the birds, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and every creeping thing. In other words, it wasn't just God made a decision, it's the, the actual decision in the Godhead to create man was wrapped up in purpose. So even this let us create involve purpose. So it's no surprise that as we as we are the children of the Lord, we have purpose given to us. We have a reason. Okay, so what does this have to do with that other story? Back to Judges chapter 9. Now, chapter 9, uh, just to set the context, we read quite a bit of it. We won't do it again. This is after Gideon. Now, this is a period in which the people of God are disobeying, but then God will raise a judge uh, who will sort of free them from their captors, and Gideon was one of those. And then we find that when Gideon died, he had, Gideon had some tremendous strengths and some weaknesses too. Apparently one thing he loved to do was make babies. 
他很喜欢做的一件事情就是养育小孩子。So he had seventy sons with all his wives and concubines. 所以他的许多的妻子跟妾，他有七十个儿子，所以他很会生。But as we all know, this this family turned into absolute, completely horrendous disaster when one killed everyone except one. 所以可是呢，这样子的家庭却完全的被很很啊可可不很可怕的结局。因为其中的一位呢，杀了另外的七十位，只留下了一位。Now we're not going to go over that story again, just so you know the situation. 呃，我们不会再重复这个故事。Our focus is on Jotham, who is the one brother who survived because he was hiding. 我们要注意的是这个小儿子约坦，因为他躲藏了。And in in here in Judges, you find this amazing thing that Jotham went and proclaimed judgment. On the men of Shechem and on Abimelech, in that position of just having escaped, he proclaimed judgment on them. And he really spoke for God. Uh, the verses we didn't read in chapter nine, verse sixteen on. After the parable part, Jotham sort of directly addresses them. It's very powerful and very sarcastic. Let me read it. He says to them, Now if therefore you have acted in truth and sincerity in making Abimelech your king, and if you have dealt well with Jerobel, meaning Gideon, and his house, and have done to him as he deserves. Of course they didn't. <laughs> they did the exact opposite. They, they showed no respect for Gideon. He goes on, he talks about his father. For my father, verse 17, fought for you, risked his life, delivered you out of the, the hand of Midian. But you have risen up against my father's house this day and killed his 70 sons on one stone and made Abimelech the son of a female servant, king over the man of Shechem, because he is your brother. If then you have acted in truth and sincerity with Jeroboam, and with his house this day, then rejoice in Abimelech and let him also rejoice in you. So here's this young man saying, If you've done what is righteous, let's celebrate. But of course, it's the opposite. And then he says, But if not, let fire come from Abimelech and devour the men of Shechem and Beth Milo. And let fire come from the men of Shechem and from Beth Milo and devour Abimelech. 
不然愿火从亚比米勒发出烧灭事件人和米罗众人又愿火从事件人和米罗人中出来烧灭亚比米勒。So he pronounces judgment on both sides. 所以他就在双方面都宣告这个审判。And you can go read chapter 10. I'm not going to talk about it. 你可以去读一下第十章。But all this comes true. 然后这一切都发生了。All this treachery, fighting, 啊, 这一切的就是, 啊, 争, 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 争论跟, 啊, sieges, 啊, 他们, 啊, 也彼此的征战。And spoiler alert, it all ends when some lady drops a stone. 啊, 最后的情况呢, 就是有一个女的, 她把一个, 啊, 她把一个, a very well aimed stone. 呃, 把一个, 呃, 呃, 一个大的石头, 掉在, 掉在这个, it probably was pretty big. Go look it up. Alright, but that's we want to talk about what Jotham said a little earlier. Because he began this whole proclamation with this very poetic picture of trees. So let's go quickly through it. He says when he says to them, verse 8, the trees went forth, it's a picture of trees talking to each other. So the trees went forth to anoint a king over them, and they said to the olive tree, come reign over us. So with the olive tree, and with the fig tree, and with the vine, they said, come reign over us. And each one refused. But notice how they refused. Verse 9, the olive tree said, Should I cease giving my oil with which they honor God and men and go to have sway over trees. It's as if the the um the olive tree is saying, I don't want to be your king. That's not what I'm for. I'm supposed to produce fruit. I should go about my business of producing fruit that is blessing to man and even to God. And the fig tree responds a similar way. Should I cease my sweetness and my good fruit? So this reminds you of them going and asking good men to say, come rule us, come rule us. And the good men saying, no, that's not really what I'm here for. That's the picture. And the grapevine, the same thing. Should I cease my new wine which cheers both God and men? So we're going to come back to these positives. Let's look at the negative part. The tree says to the bramble, now the bramble is like nasty, vine, useless plants. It's a kind of plant that grows aggressively, doesn't really give you any fruit. 
It's worse than that it doesn't give fruit. It actually covers over other things and prevents life um, among other things. So Jotham is saying basically to the men of Sechem, you have gone and asked the bramble, which is Abimelech, to come rule over you. And Abimelech, the, br- the bramble, he says, yeah, I'll rule over you. In fact, if you don't follow me with a sincere heart, I'm going to destroy you. Now that's a leader. Sure, I'll be your leader, but you got to be wholehearted or I destroy you. That's a great start. Uh, now let's talk about Bramble a little bit. I hope you you're, can realize we're talking about a picture of how men interact with each other. Our world is full of institutions and groups and companies where basically the bramble are in charge. Anyway, I don't talk I want to talk about bramble. I do. Vines, yes. We want to talk about bramble. Because when I was growing up, we had a cabin on a lake in Kentucky. And when we first moved in here, I started to notice, I was in high school, early high school, and I started to notice the various trees in the woods there. I really love them. So pine trees, dogwoods, maples, tulips, you don't have to list all those. <laughs> the problem was there had been a field here, so what happens is a lot of these, there had been vines that grew up, bramble that grew up and was covering a lot of these things because there was nothing to stop it. Actually, where we were, it created like a wall this wall of vines. You couldn't even go into the woods. You'd have to like fight your way in. So I, as a true soldier, put on my weapons. I took my little saw especially those clipper things, you know, the big ones. And I went out into those woods and I attacked the bramble. I cut my way through them. I cut them off at the roots. Of course they grew back, but they had no chance because I was going to be there next time. And I opened up the woods. That beautiful pine tree now could grow and its branches would get light. And we could trade a trail where we could walk in between them and enjoy them. Bramble. 
In fact, one of my one of my twisted pleasures was I would see one of these humongous vines covering one of the big trees. And it's the heat of Kentucky summer. Ninety degrees and humid. And I trace it back down. And I find where that root is going in the ground. And I cut a big gap in that root. I don't just cut it, I cut a foot gap. And then three hours, four hours later, in the heat of Kentucky sun, I took pleasure in watching that thing wilt. Celebrated with the tree that was underneath going, yeah. So that's my relationship with bad vines. Bramble. What does Bramble do? It takes over things. It shuts out life. It stops good stuff from happening. There was another kind of vine down there, though, that was very interesting. It was full of thorns. Nasty thorns. And it grew really, really well down there. But it was blackberry bushes. Blackberry bushes. Have you ever had blackberry bushes where you eat the berries at the peak of their ripeness, right off the vine? So I'm not going to go cut those down, am I? But if I just leave them as a big blob, it just keeps growing bigger and bigger and bigger, and you can only take it from the edges. Right? So I took my weapons. I got out my cutters. And I hacked my way and created lanes through the blackberries. And once I created lanes, I even took my little small mower and put on tons of coats and drove through the blackberry bushes. And trimmed these lanes. So my parents and my family could come and walk through the blackberry bushes. <laughs> Does it have nasty thorns? Yes. But it's bearing fruit. It needs to be pruned. That's another subject. Okay, so let's go back to the positive picture. Now, you see the blackberry is a positive example. So in this parable, Jotham is led to describe these trees, the olive tree, the fig tree, and the vine that say, no, I don't want to be rule over you. I am going to fulfill my role to be fruitful. And we think of among men, men and women, 
how much we want to rule over other people. But these examples, they they refuse that. Even if the tree said, come rule over us, he said, no. So each tree is producing what God intended for it to produce. Can imagine there'd be so much blessing from these trees that that are producing. Now among us here, there are so many examples of brothers and sisters who are producing fruit. And last week we had open sharing and our brother David Jen who was moving back to California shared with us. So David, if you're listening to this recording, I am sorry to embarrass you again. <laughs> but last week when he shared and I have been reading this this passage. It was so clear to me that our brother was an example of a fruitful tree. Here was David standing up here and listing all the meetings and conference calls and meetings we have. But there was no, there was not an ounce of pride. He wasn't saying, "Oh, I went to this meeting. I went to that meeting. I went to this meeting." Think anybody else would ever share like that. He was sharing as if each one of those conference calls and each one of those meetings was a gift to him and a privilege. That's how he was sharing last week. I almost forgot. Sunday night we have a conference call and pray for people. So this is a picture of a fruitful tree. The olive tree said to them, Should I cease giving my oil which will with which they honor God and men? Now to stay with the example of David, did he ever take a leadership role? Yes. How many how many gospel meetings did he co-lead? Did he seek that position? No. He led when it was part of serving and it had to be done. That's, that's God's model of leadership. 
Those who are serving can lead. Those who seek to lead and seek position are already out of God's best way. And of course, we have our Lord's example. True leaders are servant kings. First and foremost, be servants. And leadership emerges out of service. And when you think of a garden of healthy trees, or think of a group of brothers and sisters, think how much less leading there needs to be if if everybody is serving there already and being fruitful. Man's way is to get everyone together, have a strong leader, tell people what to do. Here, we are a Christian meeting. And we all sit around, I don't know what to do. We need a leader. Leader says, okay, I'll give you a role. You play the piano. You pray every now and then. You clean up the chairs. And you, Ed, cook. And make it good. Because that's our outreach. That's a human way. Tell people what to do. Meanwhile, what's going on inside of us? All we're doing is following an instruction. What's God's way? That each of us be knit directly to our head? Each of us be directly fruitful based on what the Lord has given us? That's a beautiful picture, that one. So let's take a moment here and uh, go to Matthew 23 just to see another example of what happens among men when we try to do things our way. In Matthew 23, we get an example of bramble. The Pharisees are these same ones who want to rule over others. So listen as we hear Jesus' words, how he's describing them as bramble. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, and that observe and do, but do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. So, the Pharisees and Pharisees So, first characteristic, they, they're hypocrites. They don't do the very thing that they preach or and what, what God wants. 
Verse 4, For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move with them one of their fingers. So there's that characteristic bramble actually burns people down with something that doesn't God doesn't even intend. And that's what men do when we rule over each other. We're stifling life, not causing helping. Even if we have the right things to say and the right things to do, we are brambles if we're doing that. 甚至你就算你说一些好像对的话，或者是做对的事，可是你确实像荆棘一样。And then in verse five, but all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the best places at feasts, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplace, and to be called Rabbi, Rabbi. 他们一切所做的事都是要叫人看见，所以将佩戴的经文做宽了。衣裳的穗子做长了，喜爱筵席上的手座，会堂里的高位，又喜爱人在街市上问他安，称呼他拉比。We all recognize that that desire to be famous and admired.我们都可以呃想想象这个，他希望能够被人家尊称。But then here our Lord in verse eight, but you do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he, uh, he who is in heaven. And you see what Jesus just cutting through all of that and saying, Look, in my world, I'm the teacher. Don't seek to be the teacher and have honor and rule over people. As far as we're all concerned, Jesus is telling us we just have one teacher, him, and we need to each be connected to him. And don't let any other father figure get in the way of your relationship with your father in heaven. One is your father, he says. What a beautiful picture that is for us. We are profoundly equal before God. We have one teacher. And all of our, any of our seeking of position and power is, is off base. And of course, the Lord is saying that greatness comes through this service. So equal we serve. If we're going to talk about greatness, we're going to talk about 
someone who serves. So let's take the remaining time and turn back to John chapter 15, very familiar passage. So as we read, this is the the passage in which Jesus speaks of himself as the vine. Well, let's just go back to verse 1, chapter 15. I am the vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that, he may bear more, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So this is a picture the Lord Jesus has of himself being the vine. He's the true vine because that picture of vine and a tree has been throughout uh, history. God has used that picture. So he's saying, I am that true vine of life. Now, when we see this when we hear and see this uh, image, sometimes I think we we reduce it. We make it less. We turn it into as if Christ had said, I am the trunk and you are the branches. Right? We think, oh, the vine is the trunk, and then we're the branches. You know what a vine You all know what vine, uh, wine vines will, will grow up on a stalk, and then they'll spread out. Big, long branches. But it's almost like we as Christians think, well, here I am on Maurice, and I was out there all by myself. And over there is Jesus, the trunk And then when I was saved, I got attached, like plugging in the wall there. I got attached to the trunk. And Actually, I could then say, well, Christ has given me purpose and meaning and all these good things. 
And clearly, if I disconnect, I become useless. But Jesus didn't say, I am the trunk, be connected to me. He could have used words like that. He used this big word, abide in. And he said, I am the vine, you're the branches. Now, when you go to a vineyard and you talk to a, a talk to someone who grows wine, I have a cousin who raises, does wine in Pennsylvania. Now, if I walk up to him and say, show me your vines, is he going to go point to the trunks? No, of course not. He's going to point to the whole thing. Now, the trunk is the most important part. And every year he trims it back, but that's another subject. But the vine is everything. Jesus is saying, I am the vine. Picture the whole thing. I'm it. I'm everything. And by the way, you're my branches. You are in me. You are my branches. Some of you are good branches. <laughs> and some of you are bad branches. But I redeemed you and put you in myself. And even if you're a terrible branch, you are in me. The vine. Got it? So the image is that the vine is everything. Christ is everything. And then it makes sense. He's saying we are in him. We're already placed in him. We're the branches. So whether maybe this is all old to you, but as I grew up as a believer, it took a while before the Lord shows these things to me. I think we spend our whole life here on earth trying to understand and understand more what in Christ really, really, really means. And when God shows us that it's true that we have been placed in Christ, when He shows it to us, that's revelation of God. And it's kind of like when we first come to know the Lord. Before that, say I, I understood that in Christ phrase, but now I know it. Now I realize it's it's reality, it's spiritual reality. 
We don't make it happen. God has already, he's already done it. So rather than us attaching ourselves to Christ, we find we're already in him. And we need God to show what that us what that really means. And then what? How did Jesus start this whole thing out? His command to us is abide. Well, I'm already in him. This may seem disrespectful, but I'm going to pretend I, I'm asking Jesus these questions. So Jesus, you said I'm in the vine already. What's this abide stuff? And of course, this has to do with our response to what the Lord has done already. How do we respond for the Lord to the Lord putting us in Himself? Or in terms of our theme, how do we lay hold of that for which we've been laid hold of? When the Lord shows us, wow, I really am in Christ, even if I'm a terrible branch, I am in Him already. Well, how do, what, what do I do about that? And the Lord saying, abide in me. You're in me, but you need to abide, which means fully live in the good of it. If you put it another way, we can say, well, we're a branch now. Now we're either a good branch or a bad branch. Are you a healthy branch? Or are you the kind that the Lord is weighed down with? He's included you already. When Christ saved us, it wasn't that he found a bunch of beautiful branches and, and took them on. And that Richard over there, we got to work on him for a while, so let him go experience some more hardship, and maybe in five or six years, I'll take him on. No, of course not. The Lord saved each one of us as sinners. He redeemed us. There's no mixture there. And he took every pathetic one of us and put us in himself. By his mercy. Only. 
So how do we respond? We are in Christ. We've been redeemed and placed in Him. God's put us in this vine. He reveals to us that He's laid hold of us. And He's done it all. And now it's our opportunity. How do we respond to where He's placed us? And Jesus says, Abide. Now we don't have that much time to go through this in detail. What I'd like to do is just suggest, uh, just just look at some of these verses because, well, never mind. We're going to look at the words that Jesus said here. And I want to do it from the point of view of asking a question, saying, Jesus, how, how does this work? So Jesus says, abide in me. And, I, and I'm just kind of got a, such a small mind. I say, Lord, how do I do that? It sounds so important. I want, to, I want to give it back to you. How do I do this? Well, look at verse 7. So in verse 7 he says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So if we're looking to say, How do I abide? One of the things he immediately puts out is said, let my words abide in you. In other words, if you're looking for something, grab onto my words. Let them uh, quicken you. So let's seek his word. Abide in the word means study it. And that's easy to understand. And then the Lord puts out this we won't run out of time, but look at this promise of prayer answer. That shows communion. And verse 9, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. So if I say to Jesus, I'm having this hard time, I'm still having trouble with this abide in love. Abiding you, can you give me some more help? He says, start by abiding in my love. So, abiding。那主就说，你要开始学习如何藏在我的爱里。那，anybody，is God's saying, well, I'm reminded of a Casting Crowns song. You don't have to translate that, but a Casting Crowns song has this phrase, stop holding on and just be held. So I'm trying, Lord, to do this biting thing. And he says, just abide in my love. Bask in it. So, 
Let me, God, hold you. So there's part of his answer to us. And then verse 10, because I'm still, I'm a problem. So I'm, I'm kind of, I, I, there's only so much love I can take, and I just, I can't receive love that much. So I say, Lord, give me something else. How do I abide in your love? Explain that one to me. And then Jesus says, well, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. So He gives this beautiful picture of His own relationship to His Father. You know, if we're abiding in His love, it's, that's sort of an emotion. We feel God's presence. And sometimes we get into a situation where we we have certain kind of worship to make us feel his presence. But if I'm not feeling his love, the Lord's saying, Are you obeying my commands? <laughs> But because maybe if I go about doing what you want, Lord, I will feel your presence. You know, if we sit around passively in our apartment at home going, I'm waiting for the Lord to really reach me. Meanwhile, he's saying, Come on. Step forward, and then you'll sense my love. So, of course, I'm still a problem. He says, Obey my commandments. I'm like, Well, which one, God? There's lots of commandments. What do I do? We always want to make it complicated. If it's complicated, we'll be, we will have to sort it all out and spend all our energy and mind on it. But of course, Jesus doesn't let us do that. He keeps it so simple. We have no excuse. Verse 11, These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I loved you. So the Lord's saying, go ahead. <laughs> you don't need something complicated. Are you loving the one next to you? Are you loving your brother and sister? Go ahead and get on with it. So if we're wondering, what does it mean to abide? The Lord's giving us many 
things to respond with. So may we appreciate and, and, and respond fully to him. Say, I don't understand abiding. He says, Well, abide in my love. I don't feel it right now, Lord. He says, Well, obey my commandments. I say, That's too complicated. No, it isn't. And all those things will call us to abide in the vine. Turn to one verse in chapter 14. John 14, verse 23. Jesus answered, said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. This is that beautiful picture of fellowship with the Lord. And that's what the Lord is offering us. There's so much more there, but I'll stop. Let's let's just read our uh, Philippians 3. Chapter 12, uh, verse 12. And Paul writes, Now that I have, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. God has placed you and I in Christ. He has laid hold of us and done this. So may we fully respond by eagerly abiding in Him. And that will be us being fruitful. That we are fulfilling that which God has given us. We will be fruitful like the good olive tree. We don't need to seek to do anything to rule over others. We need to seek to live what God has, has brought us into. May the Lord have his way in us. Close with a few prayers.
we thank you the great message. May this will be a real command for us to love each other, Lord. We thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much you have done everything for us. We thank you, please, in Jesus' name.让我们停行起来主啊愿你是普道树我们是您树上的枝子让我们亲近的和您连接让我们住在你的爱里让你的爱把我们充满愿你的旨意行在地上如同如同行在天上主啊让我们生命的根深深的扎在您的身体里让我们能够从您丰富的喂养中得到你让我们得到的学会你让我们学会的做到你让我们做到的主啊我们今天除了你还有谁呢我们唯一仰望你的恩典和怜悯愿您聚聚扎心的话语刻在我们的心板上让我们能够警醒在你的面前让我们今天知道我们的属灵的光景主我们感谢你我们赞美你愿我们能够有一个谦卑的心愿你赐给我们一个谦卑的灵顺服的
Lord, we want to thank you and praise you through. Lord, we do pray that you grant us a spirit and heart of humility and obedience that we follow the Lamb wheresoever he goes. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this word of encouragement. Lord, may this word uh, speak to our hearts and make the change uh, of our life. Lord, we thank you that, Lord, um, it is it is you who laid hold of us first so that we can press on, run the race to, hold, to, to lay hold of you. And Lord, not only you gave us the the, the purpose of life, but Lord, you made yourself a purpose to our life. So Lord, how we thank you and praise you. Lord, um, Lord, we also want to thank you that it is because of you that we are in Christ Jesus. It is all because of you doing. And we confess that we cannot bear fruit unless we abide in you and abide in your love. So Lord, we just pray that you'll continue to work in our lives and make us fruitful uh, to bring glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord Jesus, uh, thank you. Just like uh, you said, uh, it is in the Bible. Our Father is a grower, and uh, you are the true vine. We thank you that uh, you prepared our brother for this message. Uh, dear Lord, uh, just uh, we just uh, pray that uh, uh, you uh, watch over us uh, during our just uh, growing, so that uh, we can be fruitful. Uh, so that we can uh, just can't be just cast in, uh, cast in, uh, into uh, the fire. We give all the glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Your spirit. You have uh, given us purpose, each one members of the body, your body, that we might fulfill your purposes. And Lord, we thank you that as members of your body, we have this both active and passive abiding in you, trusting you, believing you, knowing that you are all that we need. Help us to take confidence in you, Lord, to believe in you all the day long, that you might be glorified. We ask in your name. Amen. Amen.